0: Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory Says show. I'm your host Tory. Today is May eighteenth, twenty twenty, and it seems like uh, for Monday we're getting flashed with a lot of rubbish, a lot of uh, noise, so we can uh, take our eyes off the ball. We have. you know this uh coronavirus uh you know um <laughs> uncertainty and pushes we have uh, bar and ray making statements which by the way uh there is an odd answer that bar gave and so rather than me watch it and then tell you i think uh us listening it t- uh listening to it together Uh, is more important now. Uh, today they announced that the, uh, you know, the Saudi pilot that was training in Pensacola, uh, turned out to have Al Qaeda links. I remember saying that last year and I was trashed. How do you know? You know, who do you think? And it's like, guys, obviously I have a crystal ball. Like, Do I have to say it again? Um, but uh, here's, here's where it's coming down to. We've got Schiff being exposed for who he is, the mainstream media being exposed for who they are, uh, coronavirus, you know, falling flat on its face, but do not let that, you know, tell you any different because they will revamp this when they need it. Uh, we've got social distancing, insanity going around the nation. We have pushing of kidnapping kids right? Um, uh, pretty much boom, right? They're going to take your kids away when you're sick and you have to, you know, this is how contact tracing happens. Well, you came in contact with someone at the supermarket, so we're just going to take your kids while we check, you know, this contact tracing, our rights being taken away, you know, corrupt clowns like, um, you know, Lindsey Graham, uh, Trey Gowdy, all of the Republicans, like I've said, Who knew this was a hoax. And today I will have, you know, I've got my Feinstein guys. I went into, I I found something that was so incredible on that. Like I have to do a two part Feinstein because the second part of Feinstein will lead into Pelosi. And this is insane because I'm just going to drop this. So, you know, the spy that was working for Diane Feinstein as her driver was actually someone that Pelosi gave her guys. This is like massively huge. This facade, they have been selling out our nation for decades. Barack Hussein Obama had the audacity to throw shade at the president during his speech just to show how salty they are i mean there is so much we should be talking about but you know no one's talking about camp david i i, I really wish i was there to see what was going on really do really do because uh, that uh should be some really interesting stuff so where do we start today i think we should start with um you know um, news on, you know, North Korea, Iran, and Syria. The U.S. Um, issued three days ago uh, maritime advisory um, uh, to counter sanctions that are being evaded by North Korea, Iran, and Syria, and. Uh, things that, uh, that are falling under the radar is how Iran, you know, auto, like an Iranian missile hit its own ship, killing 19 of its own. That makes absolutely no sense. Uh, North Korea is actually meeting with Iranian leaders. Uh, they, and, and here's the thing the North Korean leaders that are meeting where delegates for North Korea with the Iranian leader are not meeting under nice circumstances. Uh, There have been talks uh, that South Korea and North Korea have been having extensive conversations. This uh, unification of Korea is coming forward. This is the only way that they might find some common ground to stand against uh, the CCP. Uh, A lot of people, I mean, India has taken a, a stance of how North Korea is prioritizing Nukes against humanity. This isn't the case. Uh, they're pushing at it and putting at it as such, but, um, you know, it's not really happening. We've got Turkey taking a back seat in Syria and Russia just kind of standing there, uh, with Assad's regime, uh, just watching and observing. Uh, the European Union is pretty much on fire. Uh, they do not know what to do. Apparently they have, uh, you know, um, uh they have claims as nations have put claims to hold bill gates accountable for crimes and deaths Uh, You know, the same Bill Gates that Lindsey Graham said would be a great uh, World Health Organization leader. On top of that, we have fake news coming from the right as well, saying that, oh, President Trump is going to resume funding to the WHO. No, he's not. He said, I'm considering it. Considering is his way of playing politics. Yeah, I'm totally listening and open to it. (laughs) Just like I'm open to having a colonoscopy by Captain Hook doesn't mean I'm going to do it. So... Here is, I I think today we should start it off with how Pelosi is keeping the house closed to give herself more power. Take a listen.
1: Time is very important. We have lost time, but again, setting aside how we got here, uh, we cannot take a pause. Hunger doesn't take a pause. People are jobless across Mm -hmm. America. That doesn't take a pause. People don't know how they're gonna pay their rent across the country. We We have to address this with humanity.
2: We've got Speaker Nancy Pelosi urging Senate Republicans to take up the Democrats $3 trillion relief bill as the Republicans declare it's not going anywhere. House Minority Leader Ken McCarthy joins us right now with an update. Good morning to you, Mr.
3: Leader. Good morning. Thanks for having me back.
2: Well, we've already heard. Thank you. We've already heard from uh, Senate Republicans that it's DOA in the Republican controlled Senate. You're in the House. You're not crazy about it either.
3: No, I'm not crazy about it. Democrats are not crazy about it. Democrats talked about this bill going nowhere. And it's really sickening that the Democrats are using this opportunity to enforce their socialism. Remember, what is this bill that they just passed on Friday? Well, it's about pot. It's about prisoners. It's about politicizing election law, prioritizing illegal immigrants and pensions. These are all things that are socialist wish lists that they've been trying to pass long before COVID ever came to this land. And that's exactly what they're trying to do, knowing that it will not go anywhere. They're just using this as an opportunity to restructure government. And I'm not just saying that, that's what Democrats say. Joe Biden said it the other day. Their whip said it, Clyburn. It goes beyond AOC Is now throughout the entire Democrat-Socialist base of what they want to utilize this opportunity to. Because when we wanted to help small businesses with their loans, Nancy Pelosi went to the freezer to stop it.
2: What about the fact that while she has her list, and it's now apparently going to be negotiated between the parties, the stakeholders in this particular piece of legislation. Uh, it's very clear Republicans would like uh, liability protection for employers and businesses uh, against frivolous lawsuits, as it was uh, described. But the president would also like to see a payroll tax cut, which, you know, there are a lot of Republicans who don't really think that's uh, this is a time to do that.
3: No, that would help. That would keep more money in individuals' pockets. It would help business. Um, What we've been able to do as Republicans, look what we've been able to do with the small businesses, save more than 30 million jobs, even though the Speaker, every single time we went to move a bill, had held it up. Because she held it up for always the same time. Changing election law doing something about pensions and prisoners and others. And that's not dealing with COVID. We should focus on COVID, have the ability to open up safely. She's not even opening up the, the, the Congress. The Senate is open, Starbucks is open, but not the House. We are essential. Mm-hmm. And the founders believed we should assemble. They're, they'd be ashamed of what's happening right now. And now she wants to change how Congress works itself. And it's more than opening up a campus. It's, it's bringing the voice of the American public Back. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Leader McCarthy, we've been covering this morning a uh, New Jersey gymnasium that Governor uh, Phil Murphy here in New Jersey has already said uh, they can't open. Uh, but they are going to fly in the face, they're going to defy the governor's order because, it's, and you can appreciate this as a former small business owner, um, you know. If they stay closed, which is what the state of New Jersey is telling them to do, they're going to just go bankrupt forever. There will no, not be any reopening because they simply will not have the money. Their dreams dashed. Can you appreciate what this guy and other people in other small businesses are facing right now?
3: Uh, I can understand. When I was 20, I opened my first business. You, you put everything on your credit card. You, you were the first to work. You were the last to leave and you were the last to be paid. You want to make sure you're able to do it in a safe manner and that's why I believe we should look to the local communities to start making these decisions. I've watched the California governor where we, we are four states among ourselves and it's different to each location but he wants to make one blanket uh, answer for all and that does not work. Let's work through the locals to have the ability to do it in a safe manner um, to be able to have business again and I believe we can do that. We might have to adapt, we might have to change a few items, but we can open Open up safely, that individuals can, can start producing again, so we have an economy to come back to.
2: Yeah. And for people who are watching right now, you know, they, they hear that the Republicans are against this new bill uh, that would provide them unemployment for a number of months past the current legislation, plus they might also get another stimulus check. Republicans are are going to try to help the people who are hurting right now. It just sounds like what you're saying, if it is not coronavirus-related, forget it.
3: Yeah, what what, what I'm finding is All the things that the Democrats advocated for, the reasons why Speaker Pelosi held up the CARES bill that dealt with unemployment, gave the small businesses the loans, was able to give the state and the hospitals money. She held it up because she wanted to change election law. She wanted to focus on cannabis. She wanted to focus about pensions. Well, we were able to keep that out. Yes, she got more money for the Kennedy Center. But now when the Democrats crafted their own bill, the focus was on those items, those socialism items that they wanted to bring Mm -hmm. up, nothing about COVID. That is a waste of money. $3 trillion that never went through one committee. This was only written in Pelosi's office. And they knew it wasn't going anywhere. You talked to Democrats, they didn't like it. They didn't want it. And it's the only reason she brought us back and to change the election law on how the House will
0: work. Okay. So the point of this is, is that they're trying to push, okay, they are pushing policies that have nothing to do with coronavirus, right? Uh, of course, you're supposed to be looking at this pandemic. Why are you trying to slide under uh, you know, other things in the bill? Because you really don't care about the pandemic. You want to use that opportunity and manipulate the dependency that the people have right now on the government because they have come to this point of being dependent. Let's put it that way, right? um, they have come to say, well, this is the opportunity. We're not going to let them do it. And we're going to say, you're not letting it happen. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, this is where we're at. This is where the Democrats are standing and everyone is watching them and understanding exactly where it is going. I mean, the Democrats have taken full advantage of every single person within their domain, uh, by using the powers that have been afforded to them. Now, uh, the federal government can withhold funds from sanctuary cities, right? And so if cities actually do, um, you know, change their status to non-sanctuary cities, meaning allowing to arrest illegal, uh, alien criminals, then they may get some money. And that is something that the president said as per federal court ruling in March, March 5th, 2020, almost as if. Well, now the Democrat governors are threatening to withhold aid if counties defy shutdown orders. So the Democrat governors that have taken huge power trips, like arresting people, throwing people in jail, taking their kids away, you know, contact tracing is mandatory, all these illegal oversteps of, uh, rights, uh, overstepping the rights of the people. Right now they're saying that if your county or your city or your town doesn't abide by our rules. We're going to withhold aid. You cannot withhold federal aid from your counties, state governors. But listen to the reports um, on Fox about this. Um, this is the from the next revolution.
4: Suggested withholding funds from sanctuary cities um, in, in order to try and get them to obey the law. There was outrage in the usual quarters. But guess what? Now you have Democrat governors pulling exactly the same trick, saying they're going to withhold funds from local areas that don't enforce their shutdowns. And they're doing this even as we're seeing the incredible cost. For example, just one part of it, which is the closure of schools in terms of children's mental health, and yet these governors are threatening to withhold funds. And yet there's not a peep from the same people that were complaining when Donald Trump was threatening the same thing. The worst of it all is, listen to the way some of them talk. Just listen to this language from Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf.
5: These folks are choosing to desert in the face of the enemy. To those politicians who decide to cave in to this coronavirus, they need to understand the consequences of their cowardly act.
4: What an odious little tinpot tyrant he is. I couldn't believe it when I heard that. Um, Charlie, your response
6: i mean it's unbelievable i mean you have these governors now that are so out of touch with the citizens they actually represent if the left did not have double standards they wouldn't have standards at all they are crying foul when the president wants to actually enforce immigration policy through the direction of federal funds. And then when they actually want to then enforce their own out-of-touch ruling class proposals, they use the very same tactics that, tactics that they accused the president of. So now you're seeing a tale of two Americas. You see these governors like Tom Wolfe and you see other governors like Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom that just seem to be keep on digging in to these now failed unscientific decisions and proposals that their citizens are starting to resist. And part of what being a populist is, Steve, where you and I have really tried to articulate the last couple of years is listening to the people. The people are upset. They want their liberty back. They want their freedom back. It is essential
4: more than ever. And a big part of that agenda, Katie, um, it, which, which I know we've talked about this, it's so important is the decentralization of power and you're mm-hmm. seeing with these governors that they're, they're not in, I mean, for example, in Pennsylvania saying, no, you can't, even if your county might be completely different to the, count, the a more urban area, you can't go your own way. That is just the opposite of what our constitution was all about, which is the decentralization of power.
7: Yeah. And I'm in, I'm in Florida right now and have been since the virus broke out. Florida is handling this very differently the governor of florida has left it up to the individual counties some counties sparsely populated have had absolutely very little problem they've had very few yeah. cases they've had very few deaths other parts of florida have had very high concentrations so he's left it up to the to the counties the counties in many cases have left it up to the mayors why because the people closest to the ground who know their populations they know their communities they know which communities have a problem which communities don't and as long as everybody's following the common sense things, like social distancing, wash your hands, etc., then it really should be left up to the smallest group of society to figure out. And I want to contrast this to China. China is the ultimate expression of authoritarian big government, right, and mm. it's a total surveillance state. They're required, even China, surveillance state that it is, is having separate um, regulations whether you're in Wuhan or whether you're in Beijing or whether you're in Shanghai. So even the communist Chinese, even the most authoritarian <laughs> nation in the world isn't quite as authoritarian as some of the gov- democrat governors in the United States.
4: And then Lisa, I mean, what about the language there from Tom Wolfe? I mean, I just staggering to insult people who, who are just trying to do the right thing and, and earn a living there. I couldn't believe that language.
8: Well, and I think the biggest challenge, too, is a lot of the elected officials aren't making any sense. And quite honestly, we're being governed by morons. And if you look at the city of Boston, <laughs> the mayor there it's true though the mayor they are delayed reopening because of a serological study that showed that you know 90% of the city the citizens in the city have not uh, contracted coronavirus They think only 10% has so he's not going to reopen but the reason they haven't is because the city's been closed so how are they going to get to you know higher levels with the city shut down so it just defies logic it makes no sense and then you've got governor Como saying that no one should be prosecuted for nursing home deaths. Well, of course he holds that theory. It was his mandate and his administration's mandate that sent COVID patients into the nursing homes and then infected other people. And unfortunately, so many people have died because of that failed policy. And lastly, we've had so many officials tell us that testing is the key to reopening. Well, Como was complaining the other day that one third of the facilities, the testing capabilities are not being utilized because not enough people are showing up. So the biggest challenge here is we have people that make no sense. They're not doing it according to the data. And so I think that's why so many people are really distrusting their leaders right now. Mm -hmm
0: distrusting their leaders they should have never trusted them in the first place because they were all clowns but again here we go to taking accountability for our voting uh you know in the past and have accountability for what is happening right now i mean we're all responsible we're all responsible for having snakes in the house snakes in the senate snakes in our state snakes as governors it's 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 all our fault we're not going to point the finger and say, oh, it's awful. Yeah. You know, the media did help um, obfuscate their uh, intentions. Yes, the media did uh, fall. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, well, we can say that the media actually was at fault for having us, um, uh, you know, believe the lies that we were told. Yes. But in essence, the media has been lying to us all along for the past three years. But we have decided to do what? Take control and actually seek for information. So this is the difference now. The difference now is that we are not accepting uh, the information that we are being spoon-fed or provided. We are fact-checking them and we are seeking the information on our own. We are now the news. We are the news. We are the people that are holding them accountable now, because for some reason, for decades now, we have forfeited that right to the mainstream media that has taken complete advantage. And you know how they took advantage because they were, um, they were hired to do so. They were part. They are an arm of this shadow. Uh, government, this fourth unelected branch of government that knows best for us and narrates how things should and should not be. Now, I have said from the very beginning that Barr was concerning for me. And I explained the reasons why in the two articles that I wrote, which was the super predators that he helped establish, but also the fact that he was Bush 41's right-hand man and cleaned up the MENA investigation real quick and kept his tush outside of the BCCI scandals. All of that. So I did say, I hold it with that. And that's probably because he's old school. He's the type with the like the shiny shoe that says, listen, when we're taking advantage of the peasants, they shouldn't know we are being taken advantage of. You know, With his silk scarf sitting there, no, 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 no. They need to believe that we are the good people. You guys are brazenly just totally screwing things up and totally in their face. And this is not the way it works. This is how people revolt. This is how we get a civil war. This is how things go bad. And so Barr is trying to fix that for them. Now (laughs) I said that he would be going, uh, you know, at Labor Day. I said that last year, uh, obviously fix points in time do shift, uh, and delay, but still happen. So don't focus on the, the, it's going to happen. So all of us, uh, have to understand that what we're going to hear in the second hour of this show, um, right after this short break, is exactly that. We're going to understand who Bar is and how Ray is going to get caught up in this right now. Um, it's only a matter of time, really, um, to get that done.
9: The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision, will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
10: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
11: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did, and to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So now we're, we're just going to um, uh, sit a little bit into um, well, we're going to steep into it, actually. We're going to go into listening to some Q&As uh, that were provided um, over this um, announcement by A.G. Barr and Ray in regards to the shooting uh, that happened. I, I think it's important that we listen to the question. I think it's important that um, we listen carefully and we're going to analyze it together because I'll be listening with you for the first time.
12: The end of our prepared remarks and we will now uh, open it up for questions.
1: We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star, then one on your touchtone phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your hand touch before pressing the key. To withdraw your question, please press star then 2 at any time. When you pose your question, please state who the question is for. At this time, we will pause momentarily to assemble our roster. Our first question comes from Pete Williams with NBC News.
2: Mr. Attorney General, two questions, if I may. You said that al-Shamrani was associated with al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Would you describe this as inspired or directed? And secondly, President Trump has recently said that he wants to see the Justice Department prosecute figures of the Obama administration, President Obama and Joseph Biden, for what he calls crimes. Is that something DOJ will do?
12: Okay, let me ask uh, the director to respond to the first question, and then I'll come back and answer the second.
5: So with respect to Al-Shamrani's connections with AQAP, uh, I think we are describing today what we're able to share at this point. Some of it is very much ongoing as we exploit different leads coming out of his two devices. Uh, It is certainly more than just inspired. Uh, We know, for example, that he was sharing plans and tactics with them. We know that He was coordinating with them and providing an opportunity for them to take credit uh, for the attack. Uh, And so I think we'll have to just for the moment stick with some of the uh, verbs that we've used already uh, and more to come on that as we continue to build out what we now know from his phones.
12: Pete, I'm not going to uh, comment on – on what the President uh, or Vice President Biden, for that matter, say in connection with their, their campaigns. But uh, I will address the role of the Department of Justice. I think, as you know, uh, I've commented uh, since I have been Attorney General and, and even during my confirmation hearings that over the past few decades, uh, there have been increasing attempts to use the criminal justice system as a uh, political weapon. The legal tactic has been to gin up uh, allegations of criminality uh, by one's political opponents based uh, on the flimsiest of, of legal theories.
0: And that happens across the nation, right? So they're not just claiming criminality against the president or anything, but they did this too, who? Roger Stone. George Papadopoulos, General Michael Flynn, right? So we have them trumping up and ginning up as he says, charges, right, that are so flimsy, but it's not just there. Political opponents are those that, uh, you know, speak up against you, and that's what they do. They have used, and I've said this before, the judicial uh, branch of the government as their playground to punish those that speak up against them. And this is why the judicial arm of the government is indeed the one that needs gutting the most. Yes, Senate, and House so, okay, yeah, we need the legislative branch, but we're responsible for that. We vote. We do it. In regards to the judicial, we need the Department of Justice to step up and pull benches right out of the tushies from judges that comply and allow them to use the courts as their playground. But listen carefully to what he says. Uh,
12: this is not a good development. This is not good for our political life and it's not good for the criminal justice system. And as long as I'm attorney general, the criminal justice system will not be used for uh, partisan political ends.
0: Ouch, okay. Labor Day cannot come sooner than later. So as long as he is attorney general, no one will use this as political gymnastics, you know, the courts and criminal courts, et cetera, which uh, elite allows uh, both the left and the right to speculate. So the left will say, "Oh, AG Barr is saying President Trump can't use it. The right can say, what? You mean you're not going to cr- prosecute them for the crimes they actually committed? So what's the point of having all of these statutes. Huh? This is, see how, see, this is why I tell you he's the guy with the silk, silk scarf, cigar, and the polished shoes, right? He's the Don. Okay. Godfather. Hey, you better do the redemption. I want to see part three. I don't want to see no part one, part two here. I, I root for the people that act in, in, you know, in a way to redeem themselves. I root for them more than I do than the righteous person coming forward.
12: And this is especially true uh, for the upcoming elections in, in November. We live in a very divided country right now, and I think that it is critical...
0: Wait a minute. Didn't he say that these questions, uh, that he's waiting for questions and that he finished his scripted and written down and preemptive, you know, speech? So why is he looking down to paperwork as if he knew what this question was? Just saying.
12: That we have an election where the American people are allowed to make a decision, a choice between President Trump and Vice President Biden based on a robust debate of policy issues, and we cannot allow this process to be hijacked by efforts to drum up criminal investigations uh, of either candidate. And I'm committed that this election will be conducted without this kind of interference. Any effort to-
0: Okay. Stop. Did you hear that? This is very important. He said, so we're not going to allow any criminal cases to be filed or heard until after the elections. We're going to keep it with nothing there. Now, what did I tell you? You're going to be pulling your hair out June, July, and up until Labor Day because what you are going to witness. On a global stage is the most atrocious crimes, unapologetic crimes ever. And the Justice Department will be sitting on their hands. No matter how much evidence is out there, we will not be able to lock them up. He is allowing all of this to come out with no remedy. So I want you, I told you, you're going to be pulling your hair out this summer. You're going to be pulling your hair out. And the one thing you have to do is maintain your vocality. So you're going to be speaking as loud as you can. You want to be sharing those articles. You want to be educating them people. You want to keep talking and talking and calling out the fake news all you can, because they're going to have three months of partying after Labor Day. This will be fixed. I I, I, I urge you. To, to maintain your cool, because like I said, we are enjoying May. Mm-hmm. But June, July, and August will be torture for all of us that can see the injustices in front of us. I'm warning.
12: Pursue an investigation of either candidate has to be approved by me. Now, what happened to the president, and I've said this many times, what happened to the president in the 2016 election and throughout the first two years of his administration was abhorrent. It was a grave injustice, and it was unprecedented in American history. The law enforcement and intelligence apparatus of this country were involved in advancing a false and utterly baseless Russian collusion narrative against
0: Wait a minute. So my article, and I'm going to discuss that in the second hour that's coming, um, but I've already discussed most of this stuff, uh, is going to be touching base on this. So he's admitting that our law enforcement and our agencies, for the first time, involve themselves in pushing a hoax. Okay? He's making that statement clear. So he's made that honest statement. The
12: president, the proper investigative and prosecutive standards of the Department of Justice were abused, in my view, in order
0: Wait, wait till you hear how they were abused, because I'm going to tell you how they were abused.
12: ...order to reach a particular result. We saw two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and his associates, and the other that applied to everybody else. We can't allow this ever to happen again. The Durham investigation is trying to get to the bottom of what happened, and it will determine whether there were any federal laws broken, and if there were, those who broke the laws uh, will be held to account.
0: Okay. So that's a little bit different. So Durham is going to be doing, is is conducting the investigation. And if any federal laws have been broken, we will prosecute. Okay. So this is like, listen, even though I won't let any criminal investigations go, right, against people that are running for president while I'm AG, so that way I can keep the ground neutral for the next six months while election thump, right? if durham finds criminal you know activity then and federal statutes violated then he will prosecute
12: but this cannot be and it will not be a tit for tat exercise we are not going to lower the standards just to achieve a result The only way to stop this vicious cycle, the only way to break away from a dual system of justice is to make sure that we scrupulously apply the single and proper standard of justice for everybody.
0: So does that mean that they're going to look into all the cases that Peter Strzok led? Does that mean that they're going to look into all the cases that the corrupt U.S. attorneys led? Is this another case of Giglio where we're going to have everyone being thrown out of the prison and looked at? Are we going to be looking into the judges and kickbacks and blackmail? Are we going to be looking at that? Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Because by saying, okay, it is what it is. Now we're going to look forward is not good enough because there's people like Martin Shkreli who are rotting in prison, rotting in prison right now, while people like the Theranos CEO sitting out there all pretty. There's people like James Comey who was sitting on the board of HSBC while they were laundering money for the cartels that was, that is not only free, but he was awarded FBI director position after that. Is that what you mean bar that we're just going to look forward and forget about what happened? Oh, let's just bury the hatchet. And from now on, everything's going to be level. No, we need retribution on what happened. I want revenge on what happened. I want them to eat crow. I want them to know that they did not get away with this because you're just giving them a okay well you won that but going forward you're not going to win anything that is not good enough
12: now under the long-standing standards of the department criminal charges are appropriate only when we have enough evidence to prove each element of a crime beyond a reasonable doubt that is the standard we're applying now i have a general idea of how mr durham's investigation is going and as I have indicated, some aspects of the matter are being examined as potential crimes. But we have to bear in mind what the Supreme Court recently reminded us of in the Bridgegate case. As the court said there, there's a difference between an abuse of power and a federal crime. Not every abuse of power, no matter how outrageous, is necessarily a federal crime.
0: Ouch! Ouch. So you're saying that they can abuse their power, but not be criminal, ch- criminally charged for that. That is a free pass for every single corrupt clown that has under, that has gone under that threshold. Yes. There are some abuses of power that are not federal crimes in the respect of making a decision that they believe is correct, etc. But here we go, that judgment can be used as a shield for people like Governor Cuomo, Governor Whitmer, Governor Newsom, all of these idiots, Kate Brown, all of these clowns that are right now abusing their position in office, committing federal crimes and violating the civil rights of citizens. This is why I said SCOTUSgate is going to be huge. And now All you have to do is look at the arguments they gave and how they pushed it. The fact that they're saying, well, they did abuse their power, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a federal crime. Well, you know what, Attorney General Barr, if you're not up for it, we already know, right? We already know. Uh, then, uh, you know, the people will always just make sure that they're heard and they get someone that is willing to do the job because that is exactly where we need to keep it on a level. And if you're not willing to take it down to that level and say, just because you were president doesn't mean this. Mm-mm. So hopefully my article will give Durham the right to prosecute, uh, President Obama. Cause I'm pretty sure he knows it, but you know what? There's so much out there that how can one person see it all? I'm telling you guys, when you realize that how they circumvented the system so they get away with what they've done, you will be pulling your hair out. This is why today I have been, you know, pretty much putting out a lot of my older pieces that I had done for big league a long, long time ago, preemptively for this reason and for this time period, Uh, because it's very important. We arm ourselves, we educate ourselves and understand what is being said to us today
12: Now, as to President Obama and Vice President Biden, whatever their level of involvement, based on the information I have today, I don't expect Mr. Durham's work will lead to a criminal investigation of either man.
0: Durham's work, specific. Durham's work, because we have other what? Prosecutors.
12: Our concern over potential criminality is focused on others. Thanks for your question, Pete. The next question.
1: Our next question comes from T.J. Thomas with ABC. Hi,
12: Pierre. Uh, Good afternoon or good morning. Um, Thank
2: you for the time. Uh, Question number one, uh, I have two questions, is what can you say about the relative strength of al-Qaeda in terms of what this case shows and what it says about Uh, the Saudis' ability to vet people before they send them to the United States? And then the second question has to do, uh, you've made clear that neither the Vice President Biden or former President uh, Obama are currently the subject of an investigation. Uh, Can you make it clear what group of people are you uh, focused on in terms of possible wrongdoing and or abuse? Are we talking about FBI officials or intelligence officials?
0: Okay, this is a really, really good question. I like it. The fact that the Saudis didn't vet uh, the Al-Qaeda fighter. And who are you really focusing on since you say that Biden and Obama aren't it? Let's take a listen to that answer.
12: Or both. Thanks, Pierre. Uh, let me just take the second part first. Uh, obviously, uh, with uh, Mr. Durb's work uh, underway, I really cannot comment on pres- specifically uh, who is being looked at. Uh, But I think we're all familiar with the set of circumstances that is generally being reviewed. On the first part of your question, let me just say something briefly about the uh, the vetting process. Obviously, uh, before this incident, it was not sufficient. The Saudis have uh, been fully cooperative throughout this investigation up till now. We're working closely with the Saudis. And the Defense Department and the Saudis uh, have been working to uh, buttress uh, the screening process and the vetting process to ensure that this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Now, as to the relative strength uh, of al-Qaeda, let me
5: ask uh, the director to comment on that. So, Pierre, on the issue of Al Qaeda and its relative strength, I think what this investigation reveals is something that we've been saying for some time, which is that Al Qaeda's offshoots, uh, including AQAP, remain intent on attacking us wherever they can, including here in the U.S., uh, if they can find a way to do it. I think it also illustrates just how dangerous one operative can be. Uh, and the number of ways in which we can be hit if we don't stay vigilant. That's why counterterrorism remains our number one priority and why our JTTFs all over the country and all of our partners are so focused on this issue. It's important that Americans not get complacent because the threat is real. It's still here, uh, and we're determined to thwart it. Thank you. Next question.
1: As a reminder, if you would like to join the queue, please press star, then one. Our next question comes from David Martin with CBS.
2: Thank you. Uh, two questions. One: This uh, counterterrorism operation against Al Maliki
13: <clears throat> was it a uh, was it an airstrike, and did uh, uh, did the operation kill him? And second, did the information in the phones? Uh, implicate any of the other Saudi pilots at Pensacola, for instance, the ones who had dinner with al-Shamani the night before or the ones who uh, used their cell phones to
12: uh, record the actual uh, shooting? Thank you. As to the first part, I'm afraid we can't get into uh, further details. When we were talking about earlier uh, the question of the relative strength of al-Qaeda, Uh, The al-Maliki group has been seriously degraded, and uh, I'm very pleased with the results of the counterterrorism operation and uh, believe that it has further degraded the capabilities uh, of uh, al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. For the second uh, part of the question, let me turn
5: to the director. So at this stage, uh, in terms of our exploitation of the information on uh, al-Sharmani's phones, we have not identified any current uh, threat here in the U.S. uh, or current operative here in the U.S. based on that information. Now, it's certainly a very ongoing investigation, uh, and certainly there are questions uh, based on the information we now have that we would have liked to have been able to ask all the people that he was associating with while he was here. So more to come on that. Take one more question.
1: Our final question today comes from David Spunt with Fox News.
6: Yes, hi, how are you? Thank you both. Um,
10: Mr. Attorney General, you mentioned that uh, President Trump specifically got in touch with uh, Tim Cook at Apple, that didn't seem to do anything. Um, obviously, do you feel like Apple is is moving the needle at all? Or do you just seem, uh, obviously, I know you want this to, to be a good conclusion, or or do
12: you just think this is going to be a, a standstill for years to come? Um, no, <clears throat> I've seen no sign that Apple uh, has moved the needle or is willing to try to move the needle. You know, this is not a unique situation. Businesses frequently make products that if allowed out in the market in the form that the business may optimally want, could create dangers to public safety. And normally what we do in that circumstances is we don't leave the decision up to the business about the exact details and configuration of their product if we feel that it will cause harm to the public. That decision is not left to the business. It is a social decision that is made by our society, made by the public, in the public interest. And we see that with restrictions or limitations or required uh, features that are sometimes imposed on manufacturers to make sure the public is not put in danger. So this is nothing new. This is what we normally do. But for some reason, there are some tech companies who feel that they're above that and that they unilaterally can make decisions based on their business interests and regardless of the dangers posed to the public. And we cannot let that happen.
0: Okay, so let's let's analyze this for a second. So first of all, he said he's not commenting on, you know, who they're looking into. That's fine. Now let's talk Apple just for a second because I really don't care about them. But I do care about the content of this conversation and where it's going. So first of all, their stock is tanking. Secondly, obviously, they have been hacked. Uh, so uh, the, um, the U.S. government has hacked them. See, I'm all about privacy and I'm all about security, right? If we've got jihadis communicating and we know that there might be information after they've done whatever to, uh, you know, to, um, help us, um, avoid something like this happen again, or they should have given access to this Saudi guy's phone or whatever. Right. I would have been like, hold on a second. This came out a little bit early. I think my timing is off, but okay. So what I wanted to say in the last like three minutes that I have is, um, that the, 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 the problem that I have here is, is that he's saying that all companies should provide a back door to the justice department. I say, no, I say that all companies should provide an imaged copy of the phone to the justice department after after, right, after A court has heard the side of the person that they're looking to look into their phone for, right? So let's say, for example, Joe was under investigation. Justice department says, I want access right now, just like they could with Twitter. They'll submit it, put a subpoena, and they tell Twitter not to tell you. That's not the way it goes. They should tell you, right? Twitter even tells you. Well, Apple should do the same. They should say this device is in the possession of the government and they want access to it. Now, because we don't want to give them our code, we don't want them to crack our code. That'll be out in the ether on shared intelligence throughout the world. What we're willing to do is give you this image to copy. If a judge hears that side of the story for Joe and yours and makes a decision that his phone data needs to go over to you. No more. I'm just going to go in there and get a warrant because I said so. No more backdoors. no more allowing our government to hack everything and violate every single facet of our privacy. I stand firm on that. So if they didn't get the DNC server and they only got an image, I think that every mobile phone and tech company should have, uh, procedures in place where they protect the customer and the user of that tech. But also ensure that we have domestic tranquility, right? And this is by doing such. Don't give them the codes. Give them an image copy of the phone if the courts allow it and the user is able to stand, uh, you know, forward. Now, this guy died, so he can't complain. So ergo, after being determined a terrorist, they should have provided an image copy. I'll see you guys shortly after this break. Real News all right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So we heard what well, William Barr uh, made clear uh, that he will not allow prosecution of Biden nor any new criminal filings or anything like that to be done against, uh, you know, the president of the United States, which is dumb because there's nothing they could do. So um, what I think we should uh, get to is, obviously, my favorite um, commentator ever and that is um, uh, Tucker Carlson who uh, clearly puts out how the United States of America is indeed splitting in two. And he says this um, with uh, great conviction and he's very right because we have power hungry total control from these people that we've allowed them to have uh, through this shutdown. And the reason I say this is because this plays into how the changes that we've been seeing, how we are Starting to uh, uh, clearly understand just how deep this uh, fourth unelected branch of government goes. So many people, so proud of Gowdy. And, you know, I got a lot of flack for saying, nope, 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 nope. You know, Graham, nope, 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 nope. And obviously, it's because I know the blackmail. Okay, and that's a currency nobody wants to talk about. And I've said it before: the problem with our federal government is one we don't have enough federal employees, and we're going to get to that in this segment of uh, you know the Tory Says show. How we're getting them and what we're not looking into. Now, uh, just a reminder, for those of you that are on my Subscribestar, I put out the contest that we have for my special guest on Wednesday, which I will be announcing tomorrow. It's going to be lit. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited to speak with this person. I also am going to, I'm trying to get a representative from the state of Ohio that clearly put out how Governor DeWine knew about coronavirus before it happened. So that's going to be coming. I am actively trying to get this man on my show so we can hash it because I've been talking about that. Remember the CARES Act and how they were like, oh, we just got it. It's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Well, it's a conspiracy theory to to demand someone to wear a mask. I love that response. It's a conspiracy theory. Definitely. Now, um, let's take a listen to what Tucker Carlson has to say here because, you know, I I adore him because he has not changed his position at all. He has been consistent on what uh, is going on, and he is the most objective commentator I have seen on mainstream media, uh, which is incredible as how he's still there. Uh, So I, I love it.
10: As a Fox News alert, just in moments ago, big changes could be coming in U.S. policy toward the World Health Organization, the widely discredited World Health Organization. Good evening, welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Documents obtained by this show moments ago suggest the Trump administration will soon announce a major change in America's posture toward WHO. We'll have details for you. We're sorting through them right now in just a moment. But first tonight, the country appears to be splitting into two hemispheres, even as we watch. There are those places where public officials are allowing science to guide their decisions. States like that are cautiously beginning to relax their lockdowns and finding no spike in illness as they do it. Those are the free states. And then there's the other half of the country, the places where you're glad you don't live right now. In those places, power drunk politicians crow about science, but resolutely ignore its findings. They don't read the studies. They don't care what the data say. Their decisions are driven by ambition, political calculation, and the pure animal joy of controlling other people's lives. Places like that are tightening their lockdowns even now. Maybe no place in the country represents the authoritarian approach, the Chinese approach, more starkly than Los Angeles does. LA County has more residents than New York City. But while New York has had close to 200,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus, LA has had only about 35,000 in the whole county. Now, the real figure is certainly much higher than that. That's what we find every time widespread testing takes place. But that's the point. So few people in LA have died, relatively speaking, that we're not certain how many are infected. We know they're not sick enough to crowd hospitals. The city's health care system has never come close to collapsing. In Los Angeles, the curve is now flat, and it has been flat for weeks. It could reopen tomorrow, and it should reopen, and it would if its leaders were following the science. But it's not reopening. Just the opposite is happening. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti has now extended the lockdown through the end of July. That means at least two and a half more months of it. He's using law enforcement liberally to make certain that his citizens obey his orders. Police say they brought criminal charges against at least 60, quote, non-essential businesses for the crime of going to work. Countless other businesses have shut forever. They're not coming back. The citizens who remain stuck in Los Angeles are effectively hostages of the mayor. Garcetti has demanded that anyone who goes outside for any reason, as the heat rises in L.A., must wear a mask. It goes without saying there is no science to back up this order or any of Garcetti's so-called health decisions. In fact, it's possible that requiring masks outside will not prevent a single person from being infected in Los Angeles. But Garcetti doesn't care. Anyone who disobeys this order will be punished. It's nuts. But it's just the beginning of Eric Garcetti's thoroughly bizarre restrictions. The more you know, the weirder it is. Watch, for example, as Garcetti explains that anyone who goes to the beach must make certain not to touch dry sand. Wet sand is fine. Dry sand is now illegal.
3: Beaches will open up this week for exercise and active recreation only in the wet sand, I guess, is a good way of thinking about it. Not hanging out and tanning in the dry sand.
10: What's the science behind this? Once again, of course, there is none. None. This isn't reasoned, thoughtful policymaking, it's the expression of an autocrat who decided he must look tough by doing something or he won't get elected president, which has always been Eric Garcetti's primary goal. It's scary if you think about what this means. It means that America's second largest city has fallen under the total control of a neurotic megalomaniac who is terrified of dry sand. Eric Garcetti's personal phobias are now law in Los Angeles. Makes you think of the final days of Nicolae Ceausescu in Romania, ranting at his subjects from the podium, imposing his strange obsessions on a helpless population. It would not be surprising to learn that Eric Garcetti is a compulsive hand washer with a very strange personal life. Guys like this are always the same once you scratch the surface. So how long will Los Angeles have to live like this? Possibly forever, Garcetti announced this week.
3: We've never been fully closed. We'll never be completely open until we have a cure. But I do believe that we can take steps, but monitor those numbers, listen to the scientists and the medical professionals and make the tough calls, even when there's criticism.
10: Yeah, this can't go on. It's too crazy. Now, you may mock Los Angeles. and In some cases, it's deserved. There are some flaky people who live there. Barbara Streisand's in Malibu. But there are also an awful lot of normal, decent people in Los Angeles, millions of them. And some of them understand where Eric Garcetti is taking them and their city, and they've had enough. A couple of days ago, a group of them came together. It's totally bipartisan. Some of them are well-known liberal Democrats, some are conservative Republicans and have been all their lives. Others are labor leaders, middle-class voters. The one thing they all have in common is the dead certain knowledge that Mayor Eric Garcetti is poison. He's hurting their city, he's hurting their families. Garcetti has allowed tens of thousands of mentally ill drug addicts to live on Los Angeles sidewalks and under overpasses. If you've been there recently, you know. He's also tolerated flagrant corruption in his own administration. Now he's shut the entire city down simply because he feels like it. This group of citizens is going to try and bounce Eric Garcetti from the mayor's office, and they can. Under California law, politicians can be recalled by voters you remember that Californians did it to their governor, Gray Davis, 17 years ago. It worked. Now, recall petition in California requires 330,000 signatures. And that, unfortunately, is where Eric Garcetti has the advantage. Thanks to Garcetti's extended shelter-in-place orders, citizens are not allowed to gather these signatures. So under the guise of public health, Garcetti has stopped his political opponents from opposing him. And he's not the only one. You've seen this happen in many states, Michigan, New Jersey, others. Politicians around the country are doing this. As long as there is no vaccine for the Wuhan coronavirus, they can remain in power, unchallenged, forever. It's nice for them, they're enjoying it. But in Los Angeles, Garcetti may have gone too far. The future of the city is at stake. The recall Garcetti forces are taking this issue, the issue of signatures to court, trying to win the right to gather the signatures online. We'll keep you posted on how they do because it's important. But the bigger point is these people are not passive. These are Americans who understand what has been taken from them and they are trying to get it back as they should. We're seeing this happen around the country, thank God. In New Jersey, for example, citizens are still banned from assembling to worship together as they choose. That's a direct violation of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We asked the governor of Jersey, Phil Murphy, about this when he came on our show. He said he wasn't even really thinking about the Bill of Rights when it comes to controlling his population because it's in the way.
0: I get personalized. Wow. Wait a minute. Are you kidding? So what... What they're saying is, is that they're abusing their power and they can do it. And it's a blame game right now. And we have, uh, you know, Judge Janine who put it in great context right
14: here. Advisor
7: Peter Navarro joins me now to discuss that and more. Uh, good, evening, good evening, Peter. I would like to start with a comment made by former President Barack Obama yeah. at a commencement yeah. speech uh, just a few hours ago where he knocks, quote, The folks in charge basically saying that um, the uh, government officials in charge of responding to coronavirus uh, show uh, uh, totally that they were incompetent uh, and that uh, they obviously uh, don't know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. What say you in response to that?
15: (laughs) Uh, Was was that a speech, Janine, or or was that like a political ad? I do want to congratulate the former president on his new job as press secretary for the candidate locked in the basement. Good job. We'll be be happy to see you out there on the trail. Um, Look, eight years of Obama and Biden was a kumbaya of incompetence. This was the guy on his watch that we saw over 50,000 factories disappear to China. Didn't mention that in his speech. Right. And to the. To the, to the American workers, it was always, you know, let them eat arugula. This was like, you, you would have to wave a magic wand to get back manufacturing. We, Donald J. Trump got half a million manufacturing jobs back. So I, I'm a little, little surprised uh, at, at the former president coming out like that. But again, as, as Biden's press secretary is gonna do that. Um, I, here's the challenge, I got two challenges. The dog that didn't bark in that, in that speech, was absolutely no mention of the role of China in this pandemic. So I'm gonna start counting the days that we we don't hear from Joe Biden and Barack Obama uh, on the fact that China caused this pandemic and and basically unleashed trillions of dollars of damage on this world, and and the loss of, to date, over 80,000 American lives. So I'd, I'd like to see that. And here's another challenge. Do you think that the Obama-Biden administration ever could have stood up a ventilator factory in 17 days? Do you think the Obama-Biden administration could have built two factories making N95 masks in five weeks instead of the usual nine months? I don't think so. And if you move forward to what this president is going to do This week, I did see a turnaround. History will mark this week was the turnaround. We got the economy back open in 48 of the 50 states. That's number one. President Donald J. Trump announced a strategic stockpile in his image, smarter, stronger, more resilient. Mm -hmm. We have a vaccine Manhattan project that is going to basically get us to a vaccine in in what I call Trump time, which is.
0: Okay, so let's stop right there for a second. So he's saying that everything opened up. We all know that's not really true, right? Because is it really open? But the point of the matter is, is here we have Barack Hussein Obama, who, uh, you know, has, who came out this week uh, and, uh, you know, At commencement, made atrocious remarks that you must listen to. I mean, you must listen to these atrocious comments and the commentary. I mean, obviously, they put another swamp creature, Newt Greenwich, on to comment on it. But, you know, they're all one in the same, cut from the same cloth, of course. And um, I want you guys to listen to what he said. This is incredible.
3: More than anything, This pandemic has fully finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. You're going to have to grow up faster than some generations. This pandemic has shaken up the status quo and laid bare a lot of our country's deep seated problems. It's also pulled the curtain back on another hard truth. All those adults that used to think were in charge and knew what they were doing. Turns out they don't have all the answers. A lot of them aren't even asking
6: the right questions.
8: So let's bring in Newt Gingrich, Fox News contributor, former Speaker of the House and author of Trump versus China, Facing America's Greatest Threat. Good morning to you, Mr. Speaker. So that was uh, former President Obama, as you know. He was... uh, using that opportunity during the virtual commencement speeches to slam the president, slam his administration, it sounds like. And President Trump fired back and called him grossly incompetent. Uh, do you think that was a direct hit at President uh, President Trump? Or do you think that's just many of the leaders overall? Because there are Democrats in charge of some of these states that are getting criticized, too.
13: No. No, look, I, I fully expect from now to the election that President Obama will be an unendingly left-wing Democratic campaigner. And I suspect he's also motivated a little bit by fear because these recent uh, reports about the FBI and others in the Oval Office with him uh, during the period of spying on President Trump and the transition uh, for the first time really implicate President Obama himself. So I think there's a certain amount of uh, being a little anxiety-ridden in what you're seeing Obama
3: do. So the president fired back and called in an incompetent administration. I, you know, there he, uh, President Obama is going to have his way to diminish uh, President Trump, and he's going to do that as soon as things get somewhat back to normal. So I think that President Obama is going to really run this campaign, and Nancy Pelosi will be effectively be president. But let's switch gears really to the theme of your book. And let's talk about what Australia did. They have stood up to China and say, we want an investigation of what happened here with this virus. China came back and said, hey, maybe we're going to stop trading with you. Maybe we're going to start putting tariffs on some of your goods. And they didn't back down. They've added over 100 nations have gotten behind Australia and said, we also want an investigation. Here's Peter Navarro on this.
15: The Chinese behind the shield of the World Health Organization for two months hid the virus from the world and then sent hundreds of thousands of Chinese on aircraft to Milan, New York and around the world. That's why I say the Chinese did that to Americans and they are responsible now. They signed a trade deal on January 15th. And they promised not to steal our intellectual property. The FBI has now issued warnings that the Chinese government is hacking the intellectual property so that they can steal vaccines for the world. And they'd use that vaccine to profiteer and hold the world hostage. So, yes, I do blame the Chinese.
4: And he's right to do so, isn't he, Newt? Sure. I mean, look, the
13: reality is uh, the Chinese took steps... lie to the entire planet as peter navarro said Uh, they manipulated the world health organization to get it to be their partner in lying to the world Uh, as a result probably the estimate is that maybe as many as 90 or 95 percent of the people who are dying from this would not have been dying if the chinese had invited the world in in december of last year Mm -hmm. when they first began to realize they had a problem uh So if you take several hundred thousand dead people, you take trillions of dollars of economic disaster, and you realize it all came from China. Uh, At some point, they have to be held accountable. They ought to be required to pay reparations for every country to which they exported the the virus. Uh, And they also ought to be held accountable uh, for being so stunningly and consistently dishonest. But remember, they are a totalitarian dictatorship. Now, xi jinping has no relationship to a western leader uh, his primary power center is the chinese communist party uh, they operate out of fear they run a police state uh, they have literally been disappearing people uh, who said the wrong things about the virus i think the numbers now several hundred uh, have been disappeared which is a chinese term for literally just taking him off the street
0: Okay, can we just uh, use that term? Disappeared. How many people have been unpersoned and disappeared for saying the wrong things in the United States in the past three years? Tons, removed from platforms. How many people have uh, little people? Little people have been attacked by politicians and uh, uh, states, cities, whatever, for saying the wrong things or calling them out or, you know, trying to bring transparency. Tons. So, what is the difference between the type of government we've had in our nation for the past 50 years, filled with thugs and mafia members, than China? Not much, right? We just still have the illusion that we have some form of freedom or control, uh, which is obviously uh, becoming more and more transparent that that was not the case until President Trump was elected. We are starting to see that. So here we go, Obama making atrocious comments, pushing it and doing that. Here we are reminding, uh, reminding you how corrupt some of them are. I mean, I told you from the hair that I knew it. And I think that was in 2018 when Trey Gowdy had his hair colored, right? And I said, whoop,
14: there we go site committee chairman and Fox News contributor, Trey Gowdy, and what the vice president knew, if anything, about the insurance policy that we've talked so much about. Trey, good to have you here uh, tonight. Thanks Thank for you. being here. So yes, I thought we would start by taking a look at this tweet by President Trump. He says, if I were a senator or congressman, the first person that I would call to testify about the biggest political crime and scandal in the history of the USA by far is former President Obama. He knew Everything the president writes in caps do it at Lindsey Graham, South Carolina. Just do it. No more. Mr. Nice guy No more talk and here is the response by Senator Lindsey Graham to that tweet. Let's watch that
2: No presidents above the law, but we do have separations of powers and I think it'd be a bad president to compel a former president to come before the Congress Uh, that would open up uh, a can of worms and uh, I, for, for a variety of reasons, uh, I
16: don't think that's a good idea. Hmm.
14: So who do you agree with here, Trey?
16: Um, well, let, let me say this. I understand fully why the president is frustrated. I mean, it, it, his first term in office has been under a manufactured cloud by his opponents.
0: Wait a minute, frustrated, frustrated that Barack Hussein Obama deployed all the agencies against him and his administration, frustrated that every single person they could, that was beneficial to them to orchestrate a cloak of, oh, what if Russia collusion were being prosecuted, frustrated. Is that what we're calling it? This is atrocious. This is a crime frustrated. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that we have clowns all up in our house, all up in our Senate who knew this was a hoax. And I'm going to tell you, right? I hope to God that this frustration is for the, for what I assume it is because unfortunately, um, the, so the end outcome is what I can see. I can't see how we get to that end outcome. And I've been trying to see what variables I can shift in uh, the predictive analysis pattern to determine where it would sit, like what is it that causes it to come. Now, when our agencies, intelligence, State Department, Justice Department, when all of those agencies have more non-federal workers than they do federal workers, when they have more non-U.S. citizens than U.S. citizens, when they have non-U.S.-based companies as opposed to U.S.-based companies executing duties for them, I find that to be a problem. We have a problem with unemployment. Why aren't we employing American citizens within the United States of America as federal employees? Why are we creating another churn of money? This is where I'm getting at. So, you know, we have a problem with insurance companies, right? So we've got hospitals that then have insurance companies that then have another insurance company and they all make money off of us, right? They make money. So at the top sits one fat person who gets all this money and the hospitals negotiate with the insurance companies and the insurance companies brokers get to the insurance company and they broker with the pharmaceutical companies. So everyone's getting a little bit of a tidbit kickback, right? So instead of it being direct, yo, I'm sick, fix my foot. Here's the money doctor. Thank you. They all have negotiations with other agencies, other companies, other vendors, other contractors. Then they have all these levels of, you know, uh, obstacles for your money to get to where it needs to, which is the doctor's pocket. So if you're paying a thousand dollars for your foot in the end, the doctor's getting 200 because everybody needs a bite of that cake. Well, what if I told you that our federal agencies work the same freaking way and the people making money are not even an american that'll piss you off right and who are the ones running these things big fat cats because they create money this is why they don't lose their clearances this is why they stay there this is why we have former generals orchestrating uh, weapons that were d- created for our national security they are weaponizing now against the people that's what's really going on
9: forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America, we will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
10: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world thank you from the bottom of our heart
11: hi i'm laura loomer and i'm running for congress in florida's 21st congressional district wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite you might think that could never happen in america but it did and to me For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st congressional district because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right, welcome back everyone to the Tory Seth show. All right, so what I was saying uh, earlier this hour is where we need to keep our eye on the ball. Um and in order to demonstrate that, I want you to understand how, you know, you, you know that multi-level marketing schemes, those pyramid schemes where there's this one dude and another dude. So our healthcare system as you know is like that. Well, what if I told you that our government is like that too? Our government outsources job okay, outsources duties that they are obliged to conduct with our federal tax dollars, like ensuring our national security, ensuring that we have roads and streets, ensuring that we have, you know, uh, foreign and domestic policies that align, ensuring that our global media, the USAM, right, the US Department of Global Media um, is aligning with our policies, our views and being um demonstrated like that on an international prob- uh, uh, platform. Uh, w- again, with our tax money, they're supposed to be um, ensuring that our foreign policy is represented correctly with the right FSOs, with the right procedures, that our federal tax dollars are being used by USAID correctly that represent what we find an interest in, that our money is being spent correctly, our money is being put into use correctly, and you would assume that all those people doing that are American citizens. Citizens, because you know, this is America, so you would expect an American doing that job. Well, just like the healthcare industry, the government, the federal government, and the way it operates is just like that a pyramid scheme. Now, I'm gonna let Trey Gowdy uh, dig his grave a little bit more so you can uh, listen to him show you the signs of this, uh, you know, collusion and how he was complacent with it while he's giving you excuses as to why Barack Hussein Obama shouldn't be there. But I'm going to tell you this. I want you to keep in mind. Yes, Barack Hussein Obama is a crook. Yes, he's a liar. Yes, he's not even, he shouldn't have even been president. And yes, he committed treason. Yes. He orchestrated a coup against our nation. Yes. But I'm going to be here to tell you that this has been done with the previous administration and the one before that and the one before that, even though we thought we were having elections, even though we thought our interests were being represented with our federal tax dollars, even though we voted for Reagan, supposedly, right? We were made to believe this glorious illusion, yet they have been profiting off our backs. For example, if you have a janitor and you own a company, you pay him 15 bucks, right? An hour, right? You pay him 15 bucks an hour. That's great. So why are we paying janitors $32 an hour? But in the end, the janitor only gets $12 an hour. What, Tori, what does this have to do with it? Just take a listen to this corrupt clown, tell you exactly who he is and keep that in the back of your mind. And I'll explain to you how that works.
16: So I understand his frustration. I'll tell you what my advice, my other advice to Republicans would be, we're five months away from the general election, the House is up and a third of the Senate's up. Let's don't fight publicly. Let's don't have these internecine battles five months before the general election. This is what I think you should do. First of all, get all the the documents, get all the evidence, Martha. I mean, you referenced Susan Rice. There's a part of that email that no one's ever read because it's still classified. How about the Comey emails? How about any text with, with Andy McCabe and Jim Comey? I mean, so there are a lot of documents that that need to be declassified, and I, if I call President Obama, he would be the last witness because I don't like surprises. I mean, this is not a mystery. This is not entertainment. We are trying to persuade and communicate. You already know what Samantha Power and Susan Rice and McCabe and Comey and Brennan and Clapper. You already know what role they played. So lay that out for the jury, and then I would call Biden before I called President Obama because remember. Uh, President Trump was impeached for trying to investigate his political enemies. Well, maybe that's what Biden did. I mean, I don't know it, but if it's good for President Trump, wouldn't it be good for Biden? And wouldn't you want to know that?
14: Here's a question. You know, with regard to the names on this unmasking list, it's my understanding that it may or may not mean much that some of those names are there because someone else asked them to, you know, put their name on the unmasking request Uh, and that perhaps, you know, the person who was behind most of the desire to unmask those uh, doesn't have their name on that list at all. Does that add up to you? Do you agree with that?
16: Um, It does not. I mean, I heard that from Samantha Power. I mean, uh, the number of unmasking she requested was so far outside the realm. And then she said she didn't know about most of them. But 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 that's a problem, too, isn't it? If you give the power to someone to unmask and they're delegating that power to to a clerk or a subordinate, this is the question for Joe Biden. We know you asked to un- unmask Michael Flynn's name. We know that. How how many other unmasking requests did you make? I mean, were you a serial unmasker while you were the vice president or was this the only one? I can't answer that question, but I think it's right. really relevant.
14: You know, I mean, let me let me ask you this, because, you know, in terms of this battle over whether or not this should go so far up in terms of investigation into joe biden or president obama there's no indication that the department of justice or that john durham are considering either one of those two people that i just named in their investigation and we know that because of something that the attorney general said in an interview with hugh hewitt uh just a short while just a short while back at the end of april watch this Uh, as
12: far as i'm aware none of the the key people that actions are, are being reviewed at this point by Durham are
16: running for president.
14: What do you think about that?
16: Follow the evidence. I mean, uh, where, wherever the I mean, that's why you put a career prosecutor that's apolitical like John Durham in, in that position. Wherever the evidence takes. I mean, if, if Joe Biden didn't make the unmasking request and wasn't involved in any of the Flynn decisions, then so be it. But someone needs to tell us that. He's certainly not immune from investigation. What I took that to mean is there's no evidentiary support for it yet, but I don't think Durham's through either. You won't know it until you talk to the witnesses. Right. I mean, that's kind of my point with the FBI. I mean, you don't know who leaked until you ask them.
14: All right. So, you know, obviously Lindsey Graham's going to get some pushback from, you know, the president's supporters on this. Because a lot of people look at these situations from the beginning and say no one has actually been held accountable. It's an enormous source of frustration. for
0: Frustration. I hate that word. That's their new word, right? Thumping. Frustration. All right. Let's 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 express our frustrations. I'll tell you my. I'll I'll explicitly. Ex- no, I won't. <laughs> Not on air. Um, I won't use my my sailor mouth. But. The bottom line is we're not frustrated. We're appalled. Frustrated means, Oh, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm a little bit bothered, man. Oh, this. No, I'm not frustrated. I'm livid. I am livid, livid at the fact that still until the only sane person right now is Richard Grinnell. And everyone's like, president, president. I don't know. It's not going to happen. He needs to be somewhere else with his fancy all. But, um, (laughs) It's, it's, he's the only one that, that, that probably, well, no, that knowingly and understands where I'm coming from. I have been talking about these contracting companies forever. Let me put it this way. When I get a call to interpret, right? My rate is $60 an hour. Legit. Now after tax, I calculate it because I have to pay tax as a self-employed person. I get something like 42 an hour right uh so that is what i but guess how much the vendor charges the other vendor that charges the agency right I guess how much they do. So they charge a uh, uh, hundred and twenty dollars an hour. The other vendor charges a hundred dollars an hour, and the agency pays. Uh, wait, no, they charge a hundred dollars an hour. The other vendor charges one hundred and twenty. So our taxpayer dollars are paying one hundred and twenty dollars to one vendor who outsourced it to another vendor who then comes to me. So everyone's made a lot of money. So the first vendor made twenty bucks and didn't even hire me, didn't even screen me, didn't do anything, and doesn't even have my name on their books i'm just a number the second vendor that is is supposed to uh get my clearances done uh get all my information pay me and everything makes $40 off of me, right? Um, And then the government takes a piece of mine. So in essence, they pay 120 minus, I don't know, like, let's say, uh, you know, 20 bucks of my taxes. So they're paying $100 uh, an hour when the government agency could be like, yo, we're going to be routing calls uh, to Tori directly and we're only going to be paying her 60 bucks. And there goes forty bucks, right? That they've just spent for nothing, and in essence, they're only going to be paying me what is it? Uh, eighteen dollars, $40, 47 dollars, forty-two dollars. Sorry, that's I'm just going with the going, you know, rate for small business. You know, every quarter, um, because she's going to be paying tax back to us. So you know, I, in essence, I'm paying for my job. <laughs> But Anyway, so basically they're only going to be paying $42 an hour. So there, the government has just saved about $100 for every hour that they use a Tory to interpret. So what are these in between agencies, right? So the key agency could be this big umbrella agency that has a lot of other little agencies attached to it. Subcontractors that have subcontractors that have subcontractors. Everybody is making money off of us. They are taking our money for a ride. Now, why is this important? Aside from the fact of you being frustrated that they are abusing the system, you'll be surprised. The majority of these vendors aren't even American based, which means what? Say they hire a company to offer, and this is going to be part of my article offer janitorial services, um, and other support services that fall under that, uh, that code, right? That, um, specific code that they have, uh, which is, uh, that bucket code. What, what is it? Um, it's a uh, facilities and support services. Uh, um, uh, the NAIS uh, NAICS code, I think it's fifty six twelve ten, and they also provide you know uh, b- certain codes under that. And for the specific reasons of what I'm going to tell you today, which is going to blow your mind, is R sixty nine, which is administrative and other support. So administrative support, what does that mean? Mailing stuff, uh, looking through documents, obtaining documents, uh, transcribing, translating, um, downloading audio, screening audio, screening video, um, uh, you know, uh, putting in, you know, uh, what is it called? Um, Uh, subtitles to audio, um, uh, screening services, um, uh, writing up subpoenas, filing subpoenas, being a courier for subpoenas. You know, that's, it's a lot of stuff. Now, what if I told you, what if I told you that a foreign company, right? A foreign company got $40 million. A foreign company got $40 million during the Mueller investigation. That allowed them a back door through our five eyes to obtain more surveillance on American citizens so that Mueller knew where he needed to send subpoenas. How would you feel about that? I'd be pissed. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Cause that's exactly what happened. So now, you know, obviously I've been talking about TAC. I've been talking about clear force. I've been talking about all these companies, right? Which are just that, <laughs> They're the middle guys making money off of the little guy. Now, the little guy, you know, could be an American, but the little guy could be a non-American, meaning they could say, well, you know, our administrative support and it's just a bucket code. Yeah, we're billing the U.S., uh, you know, we're billing as a company that has a base in the U.S. and in this one, but our headquarters is in another country that's part of the Five Eyes conglomerate. You know, hey, they could do surveillance. How are they going to be detected? They can't. Hey, they can actually pull information or start asking questions or send out private investigators. They're foreigners. So are they really violating my rights as a foreign entity to probe into me? Cause they feel like it. No, they're not. So this is what they're doing. This is a circus. What we're seeing is a freaking circus in front of us. And uh, those reporters know exactly what I'm talking about. The ones listening and saying, well, you know, how do we put this out? How do you put it out? You spell it out. You know, suddenly you're saying, oh, you know, under investigation. Investigation or like, you know, Brennan's old companies like TAC, blah, blah, blah. What do you mean, just TAC? I mean, the Justice Department just signed another multi million dollar agreement with these clowns. So has the State Department. So has the Department of Interior. So has, you know, Peace Corps. Why are we paying for Peace Corps? You know, they, 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 I kid you not, Peace Corps? Seriously? Yeah? Peace Corps? Right? Um, How much was it? Um, let me pull it up. So uh let's see, let's see, let's see. Mm, I think it was like 47 million. Peace Corps, my tax dollars for Peace Corps. So I'm gonna tell you, 896 transactions happened with this foreign entity that is a corporate entity that isn't tax exempt it's foreign owned it's not a small business but it's also called a US owned business because you know they have like child recipients they have you know other names that fall under them uh you know and that's how you know they go about they change their names they have tons of little inks llc's that rotate and change all the time so Guess how much we, the American people have paid these foreigners, you know, money, 896 different transactions totaling $893.2 million unapologetically, unapologetically, right? This is horrific. And guess when they started? Right. So uh, they got they got some contracts during the Obama administration uh, during his first term. That's when they popped up. They popped up when Barack Hussein Obama took office and then they escalated and escalated. And in 2016, boy, they made, you know, they made $800 million just in 2018 to 2016. And then they made, you know, uh, again, an, uh, eight, more than $800 million uh, in 2017. And then they've made $873 million in 2018 and $868 million in 2018. 20- 19 in 2020 so far, they've made $384 million, which means that by the end of the year, with only the first quarter gone and under the belt, if you multiply that, they should be on point to making $12 million, sorry, (laughs) $1.2 trillion, gosh, my math, $1.2 billion, $1 Point two billion billion in the year of 2020 is going to a company that is employing Americans and non-Americans to execute jobs that the federal government should be doing itself. So here we go. Circling back to my constant notions. What the heck? what the heck, who is doing the hiring and why? Because this is how we're in the position we are. Whoa, we have five eyes shared and tell. This is why they keep their clearances. Why the heck do we have generals putting up and pushing out disinformation campaigns and using sock puppets with our tax dollars? Oh, because just like in the example of how I get paid, there's the middleman. So it's like this company that outsources to this company that outsources to this company and comes to this contractor. This is how we had a jihadi working as an interpreter for the department of defense sitting in Minnesota, because it went from one contractor to another contractor to another contractor. That's why, why can't they just hire direct? It would save us money, but no, then foreign generals, I'm going to, I'm going to let that slip and I'm going to leave it there. Former generals, uh, former politicians. Former, se- meaning former senators, former congressperson lobbyists, they wouldn't be making money. Former prosecutors, former, this former, that wouldn't be making money. This is why all of them, when they get out of business, what do they do? They set up a company, right? All of them. So you retired cause you're too old and you're taking in retirement, but now you've set up a company that doesn't do anything like literally nothing. All it is, is you and two people garnering all these government contracts, outsourcing them to your selection of people that are willing to give you the best kickback that then they have their source of people that are willing to give them their best kickback. And then it lands to whoever's doing the work. How do you know who's doing the work? How do you take it? Well, I rely on him who relies on him who relies on him. Seriously. This is what we need to investigate. This is what we need to stop. We need to say no more. We are not going to have the analysis corporation, no more Lockheed, no more L3, no more CGI, no more Clear Force, nothing. If we want intelligence stuff to happen, that's how it happens. If we need janitors, we hire them. If we need secretaries, we hire them. We need transcribers, we hire them directly. Why is it that we are giving money away? We are literally losing and bleeding money, and in, at the same time, time we are affording, we are seeing national security violations and breaches. And I'm speaking of this from experience because so many times I saw how the contracts came down to us in Europe. And I would sit there and tell, (laughs) and tell generals, I would sit there and tell state department officials like, what the heck guys, we can't just hire these people. They work for Papillon. Papillon is linked to Russia. Yeah. But they just guarantee. I was like, this is just asking to be hacked. Are you guys insane? Like I had said that so many times, like I'm not putting my name on it. When I had applied for a contract with SOCOM, that I lost, by the way, I remember that the problem that I had with mine was the fact that I wasn't outsourcing to one of these clowns in DC, that I wasn't using their people like, hello, I want to transcribe Russian stuff. I'm not going to use Russians. I'm not going to use the establishment that's sitting in DC. No, I will not. I'm going to use Americans, Americans that had gone to school, that had gotten, you know, degrees in, in, in Russian, uh, they, Former military that had gone through the Defense Language Institute and learned Russian, you know, that's who I hire. I don't hire random people. You know, and then there's interpreting agencies that are vendors, right? That then, like for example, Spanish, right? Big language. Why do they have sweatshops down in, you know, El Salvador or Costa Rica? I mean, that's just, and they have access to their system. So then you're thinking, why would you do that? That's just allowing people to come in and see our... Issues our have access to our system. We are asking to have breaches in ourselves. This is the question that you should ask yourself. Why is this happening? How is this happening? And again, I retweeted an article that I put out two years ago about how Rod Rosenstein gave a speech in Canada on how governments share intelligence. (laughs) Specifically. Canadian company was the one that was spearheading the whole Mueller investigation. Pull your hair out now. you ready for that? So the G7 summit um, that he gave, uh, uh, you know, that conference was a new globalization managing uncertainty. That's where he was making fun of President Trump. But that's where my eyes and my ears caught wind of what they were doing during the Mueller investigation and how they were unmasking regular U.S. citizens. Now, I know that, uh, you know, our um, great patriot, uh, Rick Grinnell, who I adore, is, uh, you know, looking to give briefings in regards to election security threats. Well that better have to do. And I'm really hoping that he is. And I'm pretty sure he is pointing out all these vendors that are in between in regards to election security. So I want you guys to take a listen to Maria Baritomo, um, talking about this, um, briefly, uh, with Rick. You know what? I, I should actually try to get Rick Grinnell on, um, on my show. I'm really going to try. I really want him on here. He's so awesome. Um, so I'm going to play this um, first intro just a, just a couple minutes because I don't have a lot of time left on the show, but I'm putting that out there because the old articles that I retweeted and put on Facebook today are very important so that way you can understand what is going on because it's all so confusing. But it comes down to the thing that I've been saying. Why are we hiring these clowns? Why aren't we hiring America? The only way we can fix this is by having Americans and to say, well, you know, old Joe right there had a divorce and his, his credit is done. So I can't have him is BS. Then give him a janitor job. Why are you paying a contracting company? Why are you paying a vendor 40 bucks an hour when Joe's just going to make 10? Give Joe 15 and call it quits. And you've just saved yourself a lot of money and a lot of hassle, but it's called responsibility, right? And it's called accountability, right? And it increases the layers of garbage. So there is no transparency. That's how they work.
14: Richard Grinnell announcing on Friday that his office will strip the FBI of its duties, briefing the 2020 presidential candidates. That follows accusations of political bias in the 2016 election. Former FBI Director Jim Comey infamously briefed President-elect Donald Trump on January 6, 2017, just one day after he met with President Obama and other top officials in the Oval Office. I sat down with President Trump himself to discuss what happened in the weeks leading up to his inauguration
17: it was the greatest political crime in the history of our country if i were a democrat instead of a republican uh, i think everybody would have been in jail a long time ago and i'm talking with 50-year sentences Uh, it is a disgrace what's happened this is the greatest political uh, scam hoax in the history of our country. Well, it is the biggest And people should be going to jail said. for this stuff. And hopefully a lot of people are going to have to pay. No other president should have to go through. And I'll tell you, General Flynn and others are heroes, heroes, because what's happened to them, they weren't after General Flynn. They wanted him to lie about me, make up a story. And with few exceptions, nobody did that. There were many people I watched KT McFarlane the other day. I watched where she was knock-knock FBI, you know, the FBI, okay? This was all Obama. This was all Biden. These people were corrupt. The whole thing was corrupt, and we caught them. We caught them. And what you saw saw just now, I watched Biden yesterday. He could barely speak. He was on Good Morning America, right? And he said he didn't know anything about it, and now... It just gets released right after he said that. It gets released that he was one of the unmaskers, meaning he knew everything about it.
0: They all knew everything about it. And guess what? So did the Canadians. So did the Brits. So did the Australians. So did the New Zealanders. So did everybody and their mother. And they sat there with their hands in their lap while this unfolded. We'll revisit this tomorrow. But stay tuned. There will be more coming out. And like I said, be patient because June, July, and August will make you have, what is it called? Trichomania. God bless from all of us here at Red State. See you tomorrow, same time, same
14: place.